It's Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. It's the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse 11th Annual Season! The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is the seasonal series of radio drama recreations in which producers and actors from the modern age of audio drama recreate and reproduce classic old-time radio plays. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is open to all producers and creators of modern audio drama to bring to a contemporary audience these classic plays. And now, over to the host of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse this season, Waiting in his seat in the balcony, Mr. David Alt. Thank you, Jack Ward, this year's announcer for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. I am David Alt, your humble host for the Playhouse. Tonight's performance is yet again another double feature, as there are so few weeks in the summer. We're always excited to have multiple shows available for our listening audience. The card this evening begins with a command performance return to the Playhouse with Lightning Bolt Theatre of the Mind with Joshua Price and Tonya Malievich and a reimagining of the classic pilot of Dark Shadows, followed by the eternal tale of Wuthering Heights from Dream Realm Enterprises and producer and writer Rachel Pulliam. Wuthering Heights, of course, comes from the novel by Emily Bronte of the Sisters Bronte, who... Ah, the curtain rises yet again on another amazing performance for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse both Dark Shadows and Wuthering Heights. My name is Victoria Winters. My journey is just beginning. A journey that I hope will open the doors of life to me and link my past with my future. A journey that will bring me to a strange and dark place to the edge of the sea high atop Widow's Hill, a house called Collinwood, a world I've never known with people I've never met, people who tonight are still only shadows in my mind, but who will soon fill the days and nights of my tomorrows. Lightning Bolt Theater of the Mind proudly presents Dark Shadows, a reimagining of the first episode for Summerstock 2020. son. A little monster's asleep and I'm delighted. I choose my words with infinite 
precision. Roger, you're a fool. Now one-tenth the fool you are, my dear. Look at you, standing there at the window, looking out into the night, waiting for someone who should never have been asked to come here in the first place. She'll work out very well, I'm sure. Doing what? Holding my little son's hand? Comforting you when the shutters creak? Elizabeth, with all our ghosts, we don't need any strangers in this house and you know it. I think I can be the judge of that. But you don't even know the girl. Elizabeth, I'm your brother. I'm thinking only of your own welfare. Why bring somebody all the way up from New York to do a job we're perfectly capable of handling ourselves? Because I choose to do so. Oh, come to your senses, Elizabeth. When the girl arrives, give her a month's salary and tell her to go back where she came from. Well, why don't you open the doors and let the whole town come trooping through the house and have done with it? The girl will stay. You're a fool, Elizabeth. Yes, you are. Inviting problems. The only problem I've invited is standing before me at this moment. I've asked Miss Winters to live here, and she'll stay. Mister, we'll be in Collinsport in ten minutes. Thank you. That's what'll get you down up here in Maine. They're cold and dead. Excuse me, we'll be in Collinsport in about ten minutes, ma'am. Thank you. Better have your bags ready, miss. Only two of you getting off here. We won't be here long. Doesn't sound like much of a place, does it? This train hasn't made a regular stop there in maybe five years. That's what kind of place it is. What are you going to Collingsport for anyway? A job. Now what kind of a job would bring a girl like you all the way from New York? Let me tell you something. I've been living in this part of the country all my life, and I've only been in Collingsport once. Just once. And that was more than enough for me. Elizabeth Collins Stoddard, Collinsport, Maine. Oh, I'm sorry, Victoria. That name doesn't mean anything to me. When did you get this letter? This morning, Miss Hopewell, I don't know why she should offer me the position. I've never heard of the woman. Well, obviously she's heard of you. But how? I wouldn't know. Are you sure? Uh, no, Vicky. I've already told you. Miss Hopewell, I've looked at a map and Collinsport is only 50 miles from Bangor. I see. Well, surely you don't think there's any connection. I don't know what to think. All I do know is I've spent most of my life here, in the foundling home, living, working now, and suddenly I get a letter from a woman I've never seen, living in a place I've never heard of. Wouldn't you say that's a little bit strange? What I would say is that you've been offered a job as a companion and governess at a very fair rate of pay. The only question you have to answer is whether or not you want to take the position. You go to a small town? After you've been living in a city like New York, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh. I don't believe you've heard a word I've said. I'm sorry. I guess I was daydreaming. I was asking you, 
What are you going to do for fun in a place Call like... Report. Next stop, Collinsport. Oh, my goodness. Need any help, dearie? No, thank you. Well, goodbye. Bye-bye. Oh, miss. Good luck. I wonder if you'd know if they have any taxis here? I wouldn't know what they have here. Not anymore. Well, how do they expect anyone to get to town? Broomsticks and unicorns. And chauffeured cars. Can I give you a lift? I can take you to the hotel. You can get a taxi there. That's very kind of you, Mr... Def Burke Devlin. I'm Victoria Winters. Welcome to the beginning and the end of the world, Miss Winters. I'm afraid I'm not going that far. Only to a house called Collinwood. Do you know it? Yes, I do. Very well. Shall we go? Hasn't changed a bit. Do you still want a taxi? How else can I get to Collinwood? You could take my advice. Take the next bus to Banger. You'll get a train from there to New York. You'll be home by morning. Thanks, but I'll settle for the taxi. Oh, sorry. I, I was just getting a cup of coffee. My name's Del. What? Oh, why, Burke? It's nice to see Burke you. Burke I wired for three rooms. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Well, yes, Mr. Devlin. We are expecting you. Uh, your rooms are ready. Uh, I think I have a message for you. And I want a taxi for this girl. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't think that'll be possible for a while. Harry, what? You know, Harry. I don't remember anyone. Harry? Harry Jones? He runs our taxi. Well, he's got a flat, but he's getting it fixed. How long will that take? Well, Look, I... I don't mind waiting. I'm sure it won't take too long. Well, thank you, miss. I've come this far. I can wait another few minutes. If you want to. I was instructed to give this envelope of papers to you when you arrived, Mr. Devlin. The coffee shop's right in there, miss. I'll let you know when your taxi's here. That's very kind of when you. When was this left here? Oh, about an hour ago. I assume you have staff to take my suitcases up to my rooms? Uh, of course, Mr. Devlin. Stephen, could you come here a minute? Yes. Uh, this gentleman needs his suitcases taken upstairs. The black ones. The red ones hurts. No worries. It's your job. It shouldn't be. Help these days. What a strange man. You know him, don't you? Yeah, since he was this high. 
why he couldn't even see over the counter at that height. What a strange way to treat someone he's known since he was a little boy. Miss, you don't even know the half of it. I see the blue whale hasn't changed a bit either. Same bartender, even. You were supposed to meet me at the hotel, Strake. Hello, Mr. Devlin. Have a seat. Bring another beer for my friend. Coming right up. Listen, Strake, I'm not interested. Oh, come on, Mr. Devlin. You pay me for my work and I do it. Don't begrudge a man a chance to buy his employer a drink. And let's find out what I'm paying you for. Fair enough. You know, I should charge you double for the way these people clam up. Well, let's see. Now where do you want me to start? He's a nice fellow. He thinks I'm a real estate salesman. <laughs> That's a laugh, isn't it? He says this joint really starts jumping in about a half hour when the kids get here. Suppose you get started. I want to know everything you have on the Collins family. Everyone who lives in that house on the hill, and anyone who has anything to do with them. Then I can go home to New York? Start talking. Roast beef rare and coffee, right? Right. I'm starved. You're also a jerk. Beg your pardon? Jerk. J-E-R-K. Well, thank you. Don't mention it. The name's Maggie Evans. And right now, I'm the last link in a long line of gossip. Sandwich rare enough for you? Oh, it's fine. But I still don't understand why. It's like this. A chauffeur tells a desk clerk who tells a housekeeper who tells me that you're going to work up in Collinwood. That makes you a jerk. But why? Listen, honey. The Collins family is the biggest thing in this town. They own the biggest cannery, the biggest fishing fleet, and the biggest, darkest, gloomiest old house. And they're kooks, every one of them. I don't believe that. Okay, move in there. But take a good look in the mirror right now, because in two months, that pretty hair of yours is going to be one glorious shade of gray. You make it sound like some old English novel, with rattling chains, ghosts in the corridors. You think that's wrong? <laughs> I could tell you things about that house that would rock you from here, all the way back to the railroad station. I'd rather not hear them. There's one born every minute. <laughs> okay, but you're going to need your strength. Apple pie on the house, and I won't take no for an answer. Thank you. What are you trying to do? Bury yourself? Just the opposite. With your looks and brains, you could get a dozen jobs right here in New York. Hey, that's my slip you're packing. I'm sorry. It's not the job, Sandy. It's the place. You got a yen for fishing villages? So go out to Long Island. Have a ball. But a nowhere place like Collinsport, Maine? I don't really want to go, but I have to. Come on, that doesn't make any sense at all. But it's true. This could be the most important step I've taken in my whole life. What? To me, to finding me, 
to seeing who I really am. Did you say you were looking for something? Uh, oh, I was, I was thinking. Say, you are in trouble. Talking to yourself and you haven't even been up on the hill yet. Maybe you belong in that house. Maybe I do. You know, the big problem was the old lady, Elizabeth Stoddard. Not much I could dig up on her. Does she still run the business? Well, she makes all the important decisions, if that's what you mean. The manager of the fishing fleet comes up to see her about once a week. Does she ever go into town? Nope. So that hasn't changed. Best I could learn, Mr. Devlin, is that Elizabeth Collins Stoddard hasn't left that hill in 18 years. Did you find out why? Well, there are a number of stories going around. None of them really make much sense. It'll all be in the report. Personally, I think she needs a keeper. Perhaps she's getting one. Like who? You? No. A girl. A girl who doesn't know what she's getting into. The thing I would do is stay here at the hotel overnight. Go on up to the house in the morning, look around, then make up my mind. Well, I'm not sure. Had you bending your ear? Just giving her a little sound advice, that's Don't all. Don't listen to her, Miss Winters. She'll have you running for the hills before you have time to pack your bag. Your taxes here. Thank you. What are you going to do? Exactly what I came here to do. Thanks for the pie. Consider it part of your last meal. Good luck. Tell me the truth. You were just trying to make me nervous, weren't you? Sure. Sure I was, honey. It'll be a ball. I'm Victoria Winters. Come in, Miss Winters. This audio presentation is dedicated in loving memory to Bill Hallwig. Featured in the cast were Amanda Froats as Victoria Winters, Amy Price as Elizabeth Collins Stoddard, Joshua Price as Roger Collins, Skylar Whiteford as David Collins, Lothar Tuppen as Burke Devlin, Dom Valentini as Wilbur Strake, the private detective, Tanya Mulevich as Maggie Evans, Jeffrey Billard as Mr. Wells, Bill Hallwig as Stephen, 
Alexis Knicker as Sandy, Deborah Adams as Mrs. Hopewell, Maureen Boutier as the woman on the train, Mark Cadigan as the train conductor, and Jack Ward as the bartender. This production falls under a 4.0 Creative Commons license. Thank you for listening. This has been a Lightning Bolt Theater of the Mind production. Well, now the, the players are on the stage and our, our, our drama is about to start, uh, get under, uh, begin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we raised the curtain on Act One of Wuthering Heights, starring uh, Alexa, Ch Alexa Chipman as Kathy, Carl Werner as, as Heathcliff. Isn't he the cat in the comic strips? Uh, no, the other one, not Garfield. Uh, oh, and Mindy Raskinen as, 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 as Isabella. Uh, does Isabella send Columbus to the New World? I, I should be quiet now? Okay. Uh, am I getting paid for this? I didn't think so. Desolate and lonely are the rolling moorlands of England, where in the winter night the snowdrifts stand like giant specters in the teeth of screaming gales. Over 200 years ago, a stranger lost his way on such a night. Freezing, blinded, and stumbling, he saw at last the fitful lights of an old manor house, aged and crumbling on the hillside. He knocked desperately at the door. It was opened by a doddering old butler who stood staring at him. Then, without a word, he led the stranger into the musty living room where in the dim candlelight, a man and two women sat without moving. He appeared tall and a scowling expression formed on his lips. His face bore the stamp of great bitterness. At his feet, a great dog growled ominously. At last, the man turned and spoke. Who are you and what do you want? My name's Lockwood. I've lost my way on the moors. Down, Wolf, down. Strangers have no business on the moors at this time of the year, and no business here at any time. But I couldn't find the village. A man could die out there on a night like this. I'm afraid I shall have to presume on your hospitality until morning. Do as you please. I beg your pardon? I don't keep accommodations for visitors. You'll have to share a room with one of the servants. Heathcliff, you can't. He's our guest. Hmm? 
and suppose you attend to his comfort. Ellen, show the gentleman to the guest room, please. The guest room, mistress? Yes, there's no other place. Yes, mistress. This way, sir. If you'll hold the lamp, sir, while I unlock the door. Of course. Mind you don't stumble on the carpet. It's about falling to pieces, I'm afraid. You call this the guest chamber? It was once. It's a trifle depressing. May I light a fire? No fire will burn in that grate, sir. The chimney's been clogged for years. Hmm. Must have been a fine old house once. What's it called? This is Wuthering Heights, sir. And the tall chap downstairs with the piercing eyes? That'll be Master Heathcliff, sir. And the once lovely lady who looks at him with fear? That's his wife, sir. Mistress Isabella. Well, uh, good night, sir. If you want anything, there's the bell rope. My name is Ellen. Thank you, Ellen. Good night. Good Lord! The window! The catch broke in the wind. Stand back. I'll close it. Let me in. Let me in. I'm lost on the moor. Listen. I heard a voice. Let me in. I'm lost on the moor. Heathcliff. Heathcliff. Oh, good heavens, a hand, a cold hand, grabbed my wrist. A hand? Didn't you hear the voice? A woman crying, she's lost on the moor. What's going on in here? A voice, out there, a woman crying that she's lost. Then she's come. She's come again at last. Kathy, wait for me. Wait for me. No, he's not going out there in that storm. I'm coming. I'm coming, Kathy. This is insane. Come back. Close the window, sir. But that man out there, he... Close the window, sir. Am I mad? Why did he go out there? What was that voice? You heard him call her name. It was Kathy. Kathy? Who's she? Kathy is a girl who died. I don't believe in ghosts, if that's what you mean. I don't believe in phantoms sobbing in the night. You don't believe? Perhaps if I told you her story, you change your mind about the dead returning. Tell me her story. It all began the time I came to Wuthering Heights as a servant. 
That was 50 years ago. In 1790. The place was different then. A sweet, well-kept estate. Mr. Earnshaw was master. A fine man who dearly loved his two children, Cathy and Hindley. One day, Mr. Earnshaw returned from Liverpool with a foundling boy he had picked up. A dark, savage-looking gypsy lad with the most dreadful marks of beatings on his back. Mr. Earnshaw called for me the moment he arrived. Give him a good scrubbing, Ellen, and put some of Hindley's clothes on him. Yes, sir. Come with me, lad. Don't touch me. Leave me alone. Goodness. Now, son, Ellen won't hurt you. You're safe here. No one will ever beat you again. And you'll always have plenty to eat. <laughs> well, Hindley. Well, Cathy. Papa, who is that boy? Yes, who is he, Father? Children, this little guest will pay us a visit for a time, as long as he wants a home here. He's dirty. Look at him. Cathy, don't make me ashamed of you. Hindley, he will sleep in your room. In my room? I won't let him. He's a dirty gypsy. That'll do, Hindley. You must learn to share things. Take charge of the lad, Ellen. And what'll his name be, Mr. Earnshaw? His name? Why? I think we'll call him Heathcliff. Yes, sir. Come, Heathcliff. That dark, brooding boy brought a subtle change to life at Wuthering Heights. The three children seemed to play together well enough, going scamping up over the moors on their ponies and climbing the crags together, but neither Cathy nor Hindley were open and frank anymore. And one day, the children fought. Your father gave me this pony. It's mine. Give me that pony. Do you hear? Or I'll tell father how you boasted that you turned us out when you died. That's a lie. I never said it. Of course he didn't. He did. He wormed his way to everything father does for us. He'll cheat us out of everything. You never had a father, you gypsy beggar, and you'll never get mine. Hindley, don't hit him! No! Don't! Don't! Heathcliff, look out! Here's a stone! There! Fancy that'll teach you! Heathcliff, are you hurt? He... he hit me... with that stone. Please, Heathcliff, don't look like that. Why don't you ever cry when you're hurt, like other people? 
Why should I cry? I'll pay him back some day. I don't care how long I wait. I'll pay him back. Heathcliff, don't say those things. Come, Heathcliff. Now Hindley's gone, we can have our game at the castle again. I don't feel like playing at the castle. Please, you always smile and laugh when we're there. Come on, Heathcliff, we'll play our game. Don't found so, Heathcliff. Sit here beside me on the stone, and we'll look out over the moors. This is our castle. Castle? It's Pinniston Crag, and you know it. It's not either. This is your castle, and your prince in disguise. Tell me about it again. It's all true. Cross my heart. Your father was... was Emperor of China, and your mother a Queen of India. You were kidnapped by wicked sailors and brought to England. Don't make fun of me, Cathy. I'm not making fun of you. You're a really and truly prince, and I'm your slave. You're not my slave. You're my queen, Cathy. And you'll always be my queen. Nobody else will make you his queen. You hear? Yes, Heathcliff. Your queen. And that's the way they grew up. Wild and free, roaming the moors together. But Hindley grew more and more jealous. Kathy was 18 and Hindley past 21 when Mr. Earnshaw died. Good man. He never saw the evil of life and had raised Heathcliff like his own son. But on the very day of his funeral... You're not going into that room to look at my father's body. Why? He loved me more than he did you. He's past your wheedling now. I'm master of Wuthering Heights. If you want to stay here, we've need for a stable boy. A... a stable boy? That, or get out. And that's what he became. Heathcliff, who had lived under this roof as one of the family, was a stable boy. Well, give me a hand up to my saddle. Very well. Sir, you gypsy beggar, how many times must I tell you? Sir. Hmm. That's better. By the time I come back in the morning, I want these stables scrubbed. Scrubbed, do you understand? And if they're not, I'll thrash you till my arms are off.
Heathcliff? Heathcliff? Yes, Cathy? Heathcliff, I heard him. How much longer are you going to stand for this? I don't know what you mean. Oh, look at you. Dirty and unkempt and in rags. Why aren't you a man? Why don't you run away? Run away? What, from you? You could come back rich and take me away. Why aren't you a prince? Like we said long ago. Why can't you rescue me, Heathcliff? Cathy. Cathy, come away with me now. Now? Where? Oh, anywhere. You mean leave as we are? Live in haystacks? Steal our food? Oh, no. Heathcliff, that isn't what I want. No. You just want me to go off. Alone. Well, it won't do. I've stayed here since your father died. Been beaten and cursed like a dog. Abused and driven mad. Just because I could be near you. And like a dog, I'll stay to the end. To the end! Yet Heathcliff did run away. The curses and insults were too much, even for his great love, and he disappeared. Cathy found a new world in her first introduction at Linton Manor, with Edgar Linton and his sister Isabella, both Cathy's age. Music and laughter were there, shining eyes and dancing, and it was her escape from Wuthering Heights. Edgar Linton fell madly in love with Cathy. They were constantly together. Then, one evening, Edgar brought Cathy home in the pony cart. As quickly as I could, I tried to warn her. My hand down from the cart, Miss Cathy. Thank you, Edgar. Oh, Ellen, we had the most marvellous time. Judge Linton had guests from Liverpool. Cathy, come here. Excuse me, Edgar. Certainly. Something wrong, Ellen? Heathcliff's back. Heathcliff. When did he come? Last night. He talked so strange. He... Here he is now. Hello, Cathy. Heathcliff. You said you'd stay away until... Why were you gone so long? I didn't expect to find you here. Why were you gone so long? Because I've met the Lintons. Because I was at their house. Because I've learned to dance and had a wonderful... Delightful, fascinating time. Are you the stable boy? Would you mind putting my horse up for an hour? Yes. And you might want to wash your hands and comb your hair, Heathcliff, so I needn't be ashamed of you before a guest. Owen, look after Mr. Linton's horse, please. Let him look after his own horse. <laughs> Pleasant fellow. How can your brother allow such a beast of a gypsy stable boy to act like this? Beast of a gypsy stable boy? Of course. A roadside beggar giving himself airs of equality. What do you know about Heathcliff? 
Judging from this performance, all I need to know. He was my friend. Long before you. That blackguard? Blackguard and all. He belongs under our roof, and you'll speak well of him or get out. Kathy, are you out of your senses? Get out, I said. Or stop calling those I love names. Those you love? That stable boy? Yes. Kathy, do you realize what you're saying? I'm saying... I hate you. I hate the look of that milk-white face. I hate the touch of your soft, foolish hands. Some of that gypsy's evil soul has got into you, I think. Oh, yes. Some of that beggar's dirt is on you. Yes. No. No, get out. Get out. Get out! Kathy, Kathy, please. Come back. Kathy! Oh, Ellen, where is he? Where's Heathcliff? Tell me. He's across the moors, towards Peniston Crag. Heathcliff, Heathcliff, you've forgiven me. Oh, say you've forgiven me. It wasn't your heart that spoke, Cathy. No, my darling, because my heart is yours. Cathy. The clouds are lowering over... Yes. Oh, see how the light is changing. Oh, Cathy, you're such a part of all this. Perhaps we belong to the moors. You and I. Oh, Heathcliff. Make the world stop right here. Make everything stop and stand still. And never move again. The moors never change. You and I never change. The moors and I will never change. Don't you, Cathy? I can't. No matter what I say or do, this is I. Forever. Kathy. Oh, smell the heather, Heathcliff. Fill my arms with heather, all they can hold. Kathy, you're not thinking of that other world now? Oh, don't talk, darling. Don't talk. All this might disappear. Ellen, hurry, please. My hair's not nearly done yet. What's the matter? Supposing you're not ready when young Mr. Linton gets here. Hmm. Any young man who'll come snivelling back after the way you treated him. But I sent my apologies to him. Didn't I? Of course he'll come. Cathy, I can't believe this change in you. 
just yesterday it seems you were just a stupid harem scarum child with dirty hands and a willful heart. That's my other nature, Ellen. I still have it. It used to fly around wild, but now I can coax it into a cage whenever I want to. Heathcliff, since when are you in the habit of entering my room? I want to talk to you. Get out, Ellen. I will not. I take orders from- Get out! Well, now that we're so happily alone, may I know to what I owe this great honour? He's coming here again. Who? You know who I mean. That stupid fop Linton. You're unbearable. Utterly unbearable. Why are you dressed in silk? Because gentlefolk dress for dinner. And why are you trying to win his puling flatteries? I am not a child anymore. You can't talk to me that way. I'm not talking to a child. I'm talking to Cathy. My Cathy. Oh, I'm your Cathy? Yes. Am I to take orders from you? A dirty stable boy. Allow you to select what dresses I shall wear and bow humbly to your horrible, wretched tempers. Cathy, where's your heart? You had the chance to be something else. You left here once. Why didn't you stay away? Now leave me alone. That's right. That's right. The dirty stable boy can't come near you, lest he soil your dress. But who soils your heart? Who turns you into a cheap, vain, ambitious fool? Linton does! You let yourself be loved by him because you want to be a fine lady. Because it pleases your stupid, greedy vanity. Stop it. Thief or beggar is all you were born to be. Kneeling beside the road, begging for favours. Not earning them, but whimpering for them with dirty hands. I see. All I am to you now is a pair of dirty hands. Well, have them then. <laughs> have them where they belong. How dare you? How dare you? No. It doesn't help to strike you. Well, Heathcliff, I'll thank you to stay out of my kitchen. Is... is Cathy still with him? Yes, she is. What's the matter with you? What are you staring at? I... I want to crawl to her feet, whimper to be forgiven for loving her, for needing her more than my own life, for belonging to her more than my own soul. I want to beg for a smile. I don't care if she loves Linton, or whom she loves. If only she'll look at me, and say my name. Oh, Heathcliff, you... Ellen! Ellen! She's coming now. Get out, Heathcliff. I'll wait outside the door. No, you can't. 
I want to be where I can see her and hear her. Heathcliff! Ellen, where are you? Oh, here you are. Yes, yes, Miss Cathy. Has Mr. Lenton gone? He just left. Oh, Ellen, I have some wonderful news for you. Well, the kitchen's no place for that dress. Come inside. No, no, listen. Edgar has asked me to marry him. What did you say? Well, I'm to give him my answer tomorrow. Cathy, do you love him? Of course. Why? Now, isn't that a silly question? Because he's handsome and uh, pleasant to be with? Not enough. Well, then, because he'll be rich some day and I'll be the finest lady in the county. Oh, Ellen, it would be heaven to escape from here. What about Heathcliff? Heathcliff. Ellen, you know he gets worse every day. It would degrade me to marry him. I wish he'd never come back. What, what was that? I think... Oh, nothing. The wind, perhaps. Well, my darling, if Master Edgar and his beautiful home mean heaven to you, you'd better enter that heaven and take your place among the Linton angels. The only thing is, I wonder if I belong in heaven. I dreamed once I was there. And I broke my heart with weeping to come back to earth. To the bleak moors. I awoke sobbing with joy on top of Wuthering Heights. And so you see, Ellen, I... I suppose I've really no more business marrying Edgar Linton than I'd have in heaven. But oh, Ellen, what can I do? You're thinking of Heathcliff? Who else? He sunk so low. He seems to take pleasure in being mean and brutal, and yet, yet he... He's more myself than I am. Whatever our souls are made of, his and mine are the same. And everything he's suffered, I've suffered too. The little... Happiness he's known, I've known. If everything else in the world died, and only Heathcliff remains, life would still be full for me. Who was that? Ellen, I heard... Miss Cathy! Miss Cathy! Yes, Joseph. Heathcliff's taken Master Hindley's best horse and he's gone. Gone? Ellen, 
Did he hear what I said? Yes, Miss Cathy. How much did he hear? Oh, I'm not sure. But I think to where you said it would degrade you to marry him. No. Heathcliff. Heathcliff, come back. Come back, Heathcliff. Act Two of Wuthering Heights, starring Alexa Chipman as Kathy, Carl Werner as Heathcliff, and Mindy Rast Keenan as Isabella. On that stormy winter night, nearly two hundred years ago, the traveler, Lockwood, sat in the musty guest room at Wuthering Heights, listening to the story told to him by the servant, Ellen. Outside, the wind swept over the moors, shaking the ancient house to its foundations. The lamp on the mantelpiece flickered, casting eerie shadows. That night, Heathcliff went away. Cathy ran far across the moors after him in the bitter cold, calling his name into the wind. Hours later, in the morning, Edgar Linton found her, half frozen in her silken party dress, unconscious on the crags the children used to call the castle. For weeks after, she was ill. The Lintons took her to their manor house, and I was glad, for day by day, the strange influence that Heathcliff had had upon Cathy wore off, and she was happy with Edgar. Why can't you remain here forever, Cathy? Oh, Edgar, you and your sister, you've been too kind to me already. If I can make you happy just by being kind, that should be enough for me. After all, what else can I give you? What else? You've given me a great deal else, Edgar. You've given me... your own self. Your strength. My... my strength? You'd understand if you really knew what my life was before. It was like the moors. Endless and desolate. And I was lost in them. Calling for someone in the darkness to save me and... Nobody. Nobody answered. I couldn't even see the trace of a path. I... I was so frightened, so terribly alone, and... And suddenly you were there, Edgar. You held out your hand, 
and led me back to a way of living I thought I'd lost forever. What you said long ago is true. There was a curse on me. It kept me from being myself, or at least what I wanted to be. And that kept me from living in heaven. There. Do you understand now? Kathy, my darling, let me take care of you forever. Let me guard you and love you always. Would you? Would you love me? Always? Always, Kathy. Then let's be married, Edgar. Quickly. Quickly. If the Linton home had seemed heaven to me before, I don't know what to call it after she became its mistress. The only one who did not seem completely happy was Edgar's sister, Isabella. A year or two after the marriage, the three of them sat in the drawing room, Edgar reading, Isabella playing the spinet, Kathy quietly doing petit point, when the door knocker sounded. When I saw who it was, I went back into the drawing room. Yes, Ellen? What's the matter? Mistress Cathy, Heathcliff, has come back. Heathcliff? <clears throat> Tell him I'm not at home, Ellen. Not at home, darling? To whom? It's Heathcliff. Heathcliff? Well, does he seem the same, Ellen? No, sir. I hardly recognized him. Fine clothes. He seems quite the gentleman. Don't prattle, Ellen. I said I didn't wish to see him. Oh, nonsense, Cathy. It's been a long time. Bygones must be bygones. Oh, yes. Let us see some kind of caller. Show him in, Ellen. Yes, sir. Edgar, this is a mistake. Why, Cathy, your hands are trembling. Are they? The past is dead, dear. Don't hesitate to smile and be nice to him, because I'll understand it's my wife who loves me who smiles. Thank you, Edgar. You always understand. Mr. Heathcliff. Come in. Hello, Cathy. How are you, Heathcliff? Um, have you met my sister, Isabella? No, I'm sorry. How do you do, Miss Linton? We are glad to see a guest, sir. Thank you. Well, Heathcliff, I must say, I've never seen such a complete change in a man. You seem to have prospered. You must have gone to America. I did. We wondered where you went. You must have found at least a gold mine. No, I merely remembered that my father was an emperor of China, and my mother a queen of India. I beg your pardon? So I claimed my inheritance. Cathy will understand. It's an old joke between us. I see. Are you staying long in the neighborhood? I'm staying the rest of my life. Really? 
I have just bought the horses, the cattle, and the moors, belonging to the estate known as Wuthering Heights. No. You mean, Cathy's brother Hindley sold out? Hmm. <laughs> but he doesn't know it. Yet. I imagine it'll be a shock when Hindley discovers that his gambling and drinking debts were paid up for him by his former stable boy. Heathcliff? You can't have done that. That's as underhanded a piece of work as ever I've heard of. If I'd known that his holdings were being stolen by a stranger... May I remind you, Mr. Edgar Linton, that I am not a stranger. I'm merely a neighbour. For now, I'll say good night. Wait. Heathcliff. Well? I... I want you to know that we sometimes have friends who come here as guests. Edgar and I. You're welcome to come too. But not with the old scowl on your face or the old bitterness in your heart. Thank you, my old friend Cathy, for the warning. Oh, I just remembered I forgot to congratulate you on your marriage. I've often thought about it, I can assure you. May I now express my delight. Good night. Edgar, I think you behaved abominably. What? And you too, Cathy. What in thunder do you mean? You could have at least been civil. You dismissed him as if he'd been a servant. Well, do you consider him anything else? Yes, I find he's grown fascinating and distinguished. Really, Isabella, I hope I misunderstand. Well, you don't. We see all too few people, and I for one shan't be rude if he ever calls again. Edgar, I... I greatly dread what the future will bring. Oh, nonsense, darling. I tell you the past is dead. That's all, Joseph. You'll stay on, of course. Thank you, sir. Shall I pack Master Inley's things? I'll just move him out of the Master's bedroom. He'll remain under this roof. Master Inley, sir? He gave me a roof once when I needed it. I, uh, I take it he's drinking a great deal? Uh, yes, sir. Though Dr. Kenneth has ordered him not to. We'll give him all the drink he wants. Yes, sir. Uh, a lady is waiting to see you, sir. A lady? From Linton Manor, sir. Well, why didn't you tell me? In the future, announce visitors at once. 
Oh, Miss Linton. Are you disappointed, sir? No, not at all. Well, I... I was passing by, and my horse went lame. I see. Mr. Heathcliff, I want to tell you I'm furious with my brother and with Cathy. They received you most shamefully last night. Your brother didn't send you with his apology, did he? Oh, no, no. In fact, he's forbidden me to... To speak to me, hmm? <sighs> well, yes. And and Cathy also forbade you? Yes. Hmm. Then in all the moorland, you're my only friend, hmm? I would like to be. Hmm. Thank you. Miss Linton, I enjoy frankness. You didn't come here to apologize, and your horse didn't go lame. Why, I... You came because you're lonely, and because the house you live in is too happily wedded for an outsider, and because it's no joy to ride the moors alone. Is that right? <sighs> yes. Then you needn't be lonely any more, my dear. <sighs> oh. What? Do you think it's strange that I should kiss you? You hated it? No. Well, <laughs> I see you like frankness, too. Oh, come in, Kathy. Wasn't it a lovely dance tonight? Though I think you could have been more gracious with my guest. Isabella, may I speak to you for a moment? Well, you behaved disgracefully. How, may I ask? It was bad enough. Asking Heathcliff here. Without consulting us, or, or preparing us? You have forbidden me! But to make a spectacle of yourself. To throw yourself at him, the way you did. Well, nobody else would pay attention to him. You refused to dance with him. I had to dance every dance as a result. Oh, you fool. You vain little fool. Really, Cathy? I'm going to open your eyes, Isabella. He's using you. Using you to get near me. To smile at me behind your back. To stare at me until our guests fear his murderous gypsy look. To try to rouse something in my heart that's dead. And I'll not let you help him any longer. So that's what you mean. It's you who are vain and foolish, Cathy. Heathcliff's in love with me. It's a lie. It's not a lie. He told me so. He's kissed me. He's... Yes, kissed me. Held me in his arms, told me he loves me. Oh. I'm going to your brother. Yes. 
Go to Edgar. Tell him Heathcliff asked me to marry him, and that I have said yes. You hear? Yes. You can't. He's... he's not a man. He's something horrible. Dark to live with. I know why you say these things. Because you love him. How dare you say that? Yes, you do love him. You're mad with pain and jealousy at the thought of my marrying him, because you want him to pine for you, dream of you, die for you, while you're safe as the lovely Mrs. Edgar Linton. You won't have him happy. You want to hurt and destroy him. But I want to make him happy. And I will. Do you hear? I will. Sit down, Cathy. I won't say I'm not surprised to see you. Heathcliff, is it true? Is what true? Did you ask Isabella to marry you? <laughs> oh, Heathcliff, you mustn't do this villainous thing. She's never harmed you. No, but you've harmed me. Then punish me. And that's what I intend to do. I... I don't understand. Every moment I hold her in my arms, when I kiss her, when I promise her life and happiness, you'll be punished. You'd marry her? To do that? Yes. To teach you the ways of pain and the hell that I'm in. Oh, Heathcliff, you can't. If there's anything human left in you, don't make me a partner to this crime. It's mad. It's stupid. If your heart were only stronger than your dull care for the world and its conventions, I'd live silent and content in your shadow, begging for an occasional word or thought as I used to do. But now, you had to destroy me with that weakness you call virtue. You had to keep me tormented with that cruelty you think so pious. How? Have I been cruel? You wish to be known as the finest lady in the county. You wanted your luxury and your light. And at the same time, you wanted to keep me your despairing lover. Well, now that I am returned, had you given me the smile of love, I might have been content. But you needn't think of me now as your despairing and foolish lover. You can think of me as Isabella's husband. And be glad for my happiness, as I am for yours.
Once again, Alexa Chippen, Carl Werner, and Mindy Raskinen in Wuthering Heights. In the crumbling house on Wuthering Heights, the candle burns low in the dreary guest room. There's no sound but the wind outside and the hushed voice of the maidservant as she tells her story. It was then that Isabella Linton came into this house as a bride. Yes, Heathcliff married her out of revenge. The same revenge that made him keep Hindley here, a staggering broken fool, slowly drinking himself into the grave. Isabella learned the reason for her marriage to Heathcliff, but she was powerless to do anything. Then one day, Dr. Kenneth, an old friend, came to see her. He had come that morning from Linton Manor. Isabella, go back where you belong, to Edgar's house. Edgar disowned me, Dr. Kenneth. I know. But he needs you now. Kathy's gravely ill. Really? Didn't you know? It's a matter of days now. Perhaps hours. She can't be dying. Fever. Inflammation of the lungs. This intense cold and... And something else. Something else? I'd call it... The will to die. If Kathy dies, I might begin to live. Isabella. Ah, begin to live? <laughs> In this house with Heathcliff, nothing can live. No, Hindley. Nothing but hate. Goodbye. So, you think he'll begin to live when Kathy dies? He won't. Henley, what is it? This house. I can feel the hate within it like a crushing weight. Of course you can. And you. He hates you even more than he does me. He loathes you. Every time you kiss him, his heart breaks with rage that it's not Kathy. Isabella, why don't you do what I've been too weak to do? Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Don't talk to me. Get away. While there's still time to save your immortal soul. <laughs> well, Hindley, remarkable. Heathcliff. Really, Hindley, the first coherent speech I've heard from you in weeks. Heathcliff, please don't. I tried to stop it. Thank you, my dear wife. Your loyalty is touching. Your curses will come home to feed on your own heart. Every agony you've given will return. <laughs> Laugh now, Heathcliff. There's no laughter in hell. Heathcliff, why do you have him here? I can't breathe with him in this house. Oh, existence would be so much less without my boyhood friend under my roof. Oh, Heathcliff, 
You poison yourself with paying him back what he gave you. Send him away and love will come to this house. Kiss me, Heathcliff. Tell me you love me. Tell me, darling. Why isn't there the smell of heather in your hair? Heathcliff, let me come near you. Please. You're not as black and horrible as they say. It, it's just you're full of pain. All twisted inside. I can make you happy, my darling. Let me, please. You'll never regret letting me try. I'll... I'll be your slave. I'll bring life to you. Life and sunshine and freshness. Put your arms around me. Look into my eyes. Your eyes are empty. Like Linton's. They aren't empty. If you'll only look deeper, Heathcliff. Look at me. I'm pretty. I'm a woman. Let your heart see me just once. It's no use. Why did God give me life? What is it but hunger and pain? A naked runner in a storm of spears. Mistress Isabella. Ellen? What do you want here, Ellen? I've come from Linton Manor to speak to Mistress Isabella. Then you'll do so in front of me. Her brother's asking that she come home for a visit. Ah, so he's lost some of his pride, has he? Well, there's none gone in this house. Oh, please, Mistress Isabella. He needs you. Needs her? Now what is this, Ellen? Why does he need her? Let go of me. Cathy's ill. Yes. She's dying. Tell me the truth. Yes. She's dying. Die. Joseph! You're not going, Heathcliff. Yes, Master Heathcliff. Settle my horse at once. No, she belongs to Edgar. She belongs to me. If she's dying, let her die in his arms where she belongs. Let her die. Let her die. Now who speaks of hate? Get out of my way. Heathcliff, no. <laughs> no. And there was a murmur from the height, a far away and wild heartbroken moan. The wings of Lucifer beat on the night, the soul of Lucifer wept all alone. Shall I read some more, darling? No, Edgar. Will you open the window? Won't it be too cold? Please. Of course, darling. Oh, now I can smell the heather. And Edgar, isn't there a south wind? Isn't the smell almost gone? Yes, quite gone. Edgar, will you get me something? Anything you wish, my darling. Some heather. There's a beautiful patch near the castle. What castle, Cathy? The 
castle on the moors, of course. Bring me some from there. You're in a fever, dear. There's no castle on the moors. There is. There is. On the little hill. Beyond Wuthering Heights. You mean Pemistone Crag? Yes. Yes. Please go. Why do you call it the castle? Because... I was a queen there once. Will you bring me the heather, darling? If you'll rest while I'm gone, and sleep. You're so kind. So good. My darling. You made me the finest lady in the county. Go now. Please. Get me the heather. So I can have it on my pillow. I'll be back with the flower you want. Where is she? Where's Cathy? She's not to be disturbed. Sir, Master Linton's gone for the doctor. Get out of my way! Cathy! Oh, oh, Cathy. Heathcliff, come here. Kathy, my life, how can I bear this? I dreamed you'd come before I died. And when you came in my dream, <laughs> you scowled at me once more. Kathy, Kathy. Oh, does it hurt so much to see me dying? Please, Kathy, don't hurt me. No. Oh, how strong you look, Heathcliff. <laughs> how many years do you think you'll live on? After me. Kathy, oh, my life, my soul. Oh, my darling, don't let me go. Oh, if only I could hold you till we were both dead. Please, please don't speak of death. Oh, you forget me and be happy when I'm in the earth. Never, never. Will you save me? This is the grave of Catherine Earnshaw. I loved her long ago and wept to lose her. But all has passed. I could as soon forget you as my own life. If you die, Cathy, if you die, there will be no peace for me, ever. Poor Heathcliff. 
I want to die to escape. Oh, why did you betray your heart, Kathy? You killed yourself. Shh, my darling. Hold me. Just hold me. No, no. I'll not comfort you. You deserve this. Heathcliff. Don't break my heart. I never broke your heart, Kathy. You broke it. My tears don't love you, Kathy. They blight and damn you. You loved me. What right had you to throw my love away for the poor fancy thing you felt for him? I found out, Heathcliff. Misery and death and all evil could never have parted us. You. You did that alone. You wandered off like a greedy child to break your own heart and mine. I know, Heathcliff. Oh, forgive me. Oh, Kathy, your poor wasted hands. Oh, why didn't someone tell me? I forgive you. I forgive you for what you've done. I love you, my murderer. Carry me to the window. Let me look at the moors with you once more. Oh, my darling, once more. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, how lovely the sky looks. And over there is our castle. Remember? I'll never forget. The castle, Heathcliff. I'll be waiting there until you come. I'll be waiting there until... Kathy? Kathy? No! Heathcliff, they're coming. Master Edgar. Oh, for heaven's sake, go away and... Kathy. You're dead, Kathy. May your soul hear this before I go. May you not rest so long as I live on. I killed you. Then haunt me. Be with me always. Take any form you wish. Only don't leave me where I can't find you. I can't live without my life. I can't live without my soul. And though that was twenty years ago, I can still hear and see that wild hour, with poor Heathcliff holding the dead body of his beloved, crying out to Cathy's soul to haunt and torment him till he died. Then the strange hand that gripped my wrist last night the strange voice that called to me was Kathy, and Heathcliff went to follow her in the storm? 
It wasn't Kathy herself, but her love. Kathy's love, stronger than time, sobbing for its unlived days. Who's there? Uh, Dr. Kenneth, open the door. Dr. Kenneth, what's the matter? I was just crossing the moor on my way home. Oh, did you see Heathcliff? Yes. I saw him from my carriage. He was wandering through the snow with a woman. A woman, you say? A young woman, she seemed, and as mad as himself. They were walking through the storm with their arms about each other. I shouted at them, but they didn't hear. I was nearly up to them when all of a sudden my horse reared and plunged, and then, then I found him, alone, lying in the snow. Heathcliff was dead. Dead? Was it by the castle? By the Peniston Crag? Yes. However did you know? Look down, my Heathcliff. This is our castle really now, all the wild beauty of it. For your father was an emperor of China, and your mother a queen of India. And this is our land forever, and our love. You've been listening to Wuthering Heights, originally adapted by Lux Radio Theater and revived by Dream Realm Enterprises, especially for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse and Dream Realm's new range, Showcase Classics. Our cast and order of appearance include John Bell as announcer, Cecil B. DeMille, and Lockwood, Carl Werner as Heathcliff, Mendy Rast Keenan as Isabella, Marisha Tapera as Ellen, Alexa Chipman as Kathy, Kareem Confley as Earnshaw, Rachel Pulliam as Young Heathcliff, Emily Smith as Young Kathy, Gabriel Harris as Young Hindley, David Alt as Hindley, Pete Lutz as Edgar Linton, John Lingard as Joseph, Jerry Kokich as Dr. Kenneth, and Alex Gilmore as a servant. Wuthering Heights was directed and produced for Dream Realm Enterprises by Rachel Pulliam. All sound effects were provided by freesound.org and instrumental music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Jonathan Patrick Russell, Shane Harris, Alexa Chipman, and John Bell for going the extra mile to make this production a reality. Tune in next time for Showcase Classics adaptation of Jane Eyre.
In the crumbling house on weathering heights, the candle burns low in the dreary guest room. There's no sound but the wind outside and the hushed voice of the maidservant as she tells her story. Thank you, CB. We'll let you know. Okay, next auditioner, I'll just step up the microphone and begin when you're ready. Desolated lonely are the rolling moorlands of England, where in the winter night the snowdrifts stand like giant spectres in the teeth of screaming gales. Over two hundred years ago, a stranger lost his way on such a night. <laughs> Freezing, blinded, and stumbling, he saw at last the fitful lights of an old manor house, aged and crumbling on the hillside. He knocked desperately at the door. Thank you. Should I wait out? No, thank you. Oh. And that's this week's performance from the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, features, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their respective copyright holders and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society and a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network and any shows that continue their run must receive express permission from all parties involved. Join us next week for another classic performance. For our announcer, Jack Ward, I'm your host, David Alt. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mutual. Happy birthday to you. And many more. (laughs) This was not only a birthday greeting for the Mutual Audio Network, which, as you may know, has been bringing you the finest in audio drama for just a little more than one year, it was also a way of letting you know how long 20 seconds are. Why should you know it? Because the CDC recommends, during this COVID-19 situation, that you and me and everybody wash our hands with soap and water as often as possible for at least 20 seconds. So get all of your fingers, get the palms, get the backs of your hands, and a little bit up your wrists, and make sure you change out your towels more frequently as well. If it helps to sing Happy Birthday or some other song, as you do so, why not? This was a public service announcement from the Mutual Audio Network.